What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Powered by UberLyftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and it's time to get it on. Howdy, howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another Rideshare Rodeo. Today's episode is going to be with Dana Scott, a Boston, Massachusetts gig worker since 2015, or maybe 2014. We'll have to figure that out tonight. Um, but I've had him on before, and uh, he knows a lot about this. He also happens to live, um, like I said, in Boston, Massachusetts, where everything's going down. So we're going to get into that a little bit tonight, along with some other things. Before we do that, though, I want to um, give some shout-outs to our sponsors. Uh, I want to give shout-outs and props to Middleton Technologies. Middleton Technologies makes apps that redefine filters for when you're door dashing, Uber eating, Grubhubbing, Ubering, lifting, and... Uh, Uber Eatsing. <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, the DUH app, the Driver Utility Helper, Maximo, and uh, even Flex Alert for those of you that do Amazon Flex, check out MiddletonTech.com. Um, now, the two new apps that I've put on board for the summer that I'm really trying to get out there, you guys, because a lot of you are familiar and I've, I've had these people on for a while. You know I only work with companies I believe in, but... I want I'm I'm afraid that some of you are missing the 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 big pitches. So tonight I'm gonna give you a little piece of each here real quick. Then we'll jump into the piece. So first one, guys, moves. Movesfinancial.com. Okay, so um Moves Financial is is the only bank built for uh gig workers. It even will it, right off the bat, it can give you a cash advance, but it can work you up to a thousand dollar cash advance if needed. So, like a lot of gig workers, if your car goes down, if your vehicle goes down, that means you can't earn. So you're stuck in a very bad place, and especially if, like all of us, you're tightening the purse purse strings right now or the wallet strings, and uh, you just don't have any extra cash around. They can help in that that position. But that's not really why I like moves. Okay. That I mean it's that's great. That's great. It's a it's a feature that everybody should have. Um one of my favorite things that they do is if you connect any of the apps that currently work with their platform, which I'm about to go through is a lot, guys. Um and uh Every time you work the platforms or every time a deposit's made <coughs> into your Moves account, it gives you free shares of the gig companies that you are platforms that you are working that are connected to your Moves account. Now that might require a little more uh, d- 
discussions. So maybe we can do that on an open forum day or something along that line. Um, but yeah, even if you just want to try the bank out again, it's a bank that was designed for gig workers. So, you know, they've, you, you can see how much your breakdown is going into each one. Um, you know, you can you can get your uh, you can keep unlocking higher cash advances, um, and you can earn shares. This is what I like. You can earn shares of the companies. Now, yes, they are not full shares. You're not getting a million dollars the first day you work an hour for one platform. So, if that is your question, my answer is no. But let me tell you what Moves is doing, and I don't have. I'm, I'm going to probably not get the five that are new tonight, but. Um, let me just kind of put it into I'll I'll put it into the realm of how big of companies Moves is working directly with when they do this. Um Lyft, Uber, Uber Eats, Wag, Shipped, GoPuff, Roadie, Instacart, Dolly, DoorDash, Grubhub, and I know they added five more. Now those are huge ones that I just named. Those are those have already been integrated for a while, but they just added five more. I know Point Pickup was one. I know that uh, um, was Dolly on here. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, Point Pickup was one, and uh, Corner Shop was one. And I don't remember what the other three were, guys. I'm so sorry. I should have that here, but. Um, even their website doesn't have it up yet. So moves, if you're hearing this, got to get that up on the website. <laughs> but I did say it in the last episode too. Um, but the other the other one I want to talk to you guys about real quick here, guys, um, is Solo. Okay, Solo started in Seattle. Last year I interviewed them. They were only going to be in Seattle for a minute. Then they were going to start to move out like we hear about all the time. They are now in Seattle, Miami, Orlando, Tampa, Atlanta, Nashville, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and Austin. And they are on the move to more cities. Everybody in every market can uh, can download the Solo app. And it will show pay predictions. Now, they're not, if even if they're not in your city yet. So it will show what I'm about to discuss here, the guarantee, uh, daily income guarantee and how it works. But... Even if you're not in a city that I just named, download the app because when they come there, you will get the higher end in the beginning of their estimates while they're working through the kinks and you will be one of the first onboarded. But also, it'll show you some kind of generalized numbers for your area too right now. So, um, you know, like if you if you plug in your stuff, you'll see like, oh, okay, it's it's already starting to kind of figure out other cities, trying to figure out like... Um, like Lou and Mary from the Long Island Dash experience, they they downloaded Solo um, and they hooked it up in Long Island, New York, where it's not. But they're already seeing what what the guarantee is. Now that that's not a live guarantee, but it's something you can see. But um, you know, so how it works? Uh, they anonymously use your data, so obviously nothing to tie to your name and stuff. Just where your car went speeds, all this kind of stuff, routing, was it the best? How were you earning in certain areas? So um, they crunch the numbers using community data to show you how much you can expect to earn on any hour of the week for jobs in your city that you connect to the app. So Shift, Uber Eats, any kind of the same thing as the Moves app. Like if, if you connect them, they can show you. Um, 
they also, so now you're going to see these hour blocks and it might say shipped 33 for an hour you're looking at. Uber Eats, 21. So you're thinking, well, I can't probably make that unshipped. I know this time of day I work shipped. I can't make that. Well, if I were you, if all you can, if all, but if you're like, but I can make 28, 27, 28 on Uber Eats. So Uber Eats is guaranteeing you 21. If you can make 27, 28, that's cool. Means that you know your market and you can do a little better than that. If shipped says 33 and you're like, but I can only make 28, do it because they'll pay the difference. And we can get into this stuff down the line. But it's a... Um, everything adds to your wallet every day. And at the end of a week, they cash you out um, one payout. So the other thing it does is help you prepare for taxes. So again, guys, check out Solo, check out Moves, check out Middleton Tech. And uh, that said, let me bring on Dana here and let's jump in. I do want to welcome Dana Scott for coming back. I don't know if you guys caught him the last time. It was just about a month ago, I guess. Um, Dana's a... um, he lives in Boston, and uh, he is a part-time gig worker, but doing it since pretty much since I started, about 2014, right? Yep, that's correct. Right around there, and uh, he's done it all. I mean, he's done rideshare, he's done, you know, he's done food delivery, he's he's done them all. But he also has a full-time job as a, or is it part-time as well as a driver's ed teacher? Yeah, it's part-time as driver's ed teacher as well. Okay, so he's a driver's ed teacher part-time. He's a gig worker. Even a part-time gig worker is really a full-time gig worker, so probably (laughs) almost a full-time gig worker. Between all the gigs, it's probably (laughs) full-time. Between all the gigs, it's full-time. But yeah, I mean, he's been listening to the podcast for a bit, and uh, so him and I go back about the same distance and uh, the same kind of background, and I'm really glad that he's on this week. Thank you for joining me again. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. And to anybody, before I give any shout-outs here, I'm using a different camera. I'm trying uh, an app called Camo, so I can look at the screen, and I can also look at the chat. I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm going to have to replay it and see if I even like it, but we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, but let me shout-out to whoever's here in the chat, and then uh, we'll kind of touch on what's going on here a little bit, you guys. What's up, Lisa? What's up, uh What's up, Cody and Autumn? What's up, uh, Dasher Pass? Accept or decline? What's up, Faith? Um, what's up, Bud Soda? What's up, Omer? Tommy? Uh, Bruce Turner, how are you? Thomas Mathis, how are you? Drone, what's up? All right. And and a bunch of lurkers. So, uh, so we got some people in here. All right. Uh, so... Uh, this is pretty much probably how tonight's going to go. So if all these numbers drop off right now, I'm, I'm going to be upset because we'll keep it pretty contained into what you guys need to know. But Dana doing this in Boston since 2014, basically this, I mean, I've been in Denver since then doing it only here. Um, he's got a real pulse on what's going on there. And a lot of things changed and things are changing in other States too. And we got a few things to go through about all these changes because they're actually for those of you that sometimes hear the podcast and think well i don't need to worry about that that's not gonna affect me yet but it's really affecting a lot of states and it's affecting a lot of stuff right now and i guess we the best place to start is where you are dana and uh what happened <laughs> <laughs> i wish i knew well i, do I mean know. two weeks ago 
but the state's highest court threw out the ballot question that we were going to be having in November. That the, that the attorney general already okayed to be on the ballot. Yeah, but I, I think she was hoping that it was going to get thrown out so that she can continue with her lawsuit against Uber and Lyft. Who, the attorney general? Yeah, she's suing Uber and Lyft. <sighs> okay. So, so I, I, this um, even gets more complicated. She was yeah. the she was the one that okayed their ballot approval to go for it. Yes, she did. Uh, after, that was after she had already sued them, and then she was going to wait for all the courts to settle uh, the ballot question whether it could be on the ballot or not. And then they decided to the high court decided to throw it out. So there's no ballot question now. So now it's all on the legislature and uh, Maura Healy, our attorney general, who is suing the. Uber and Lyft right now. So I guess, well, then here, I guess this. So she allowed the ballot here. Well, this is what we I've touched on this a bit the last week, and I just get really bothered by it because I deal with this stuff a lot. And this is one of the weirdest cases. I don't like the outcomes of any of the states, California, the Seattle outcome. All these things that are happening are not good. But the way your state went down was really odd. So the. Attorney General gives the permission or approves the the ballot approval about what four or five months ago. Yeah, and, and, and it shouldn't it shouldn't we shouldn't say that she approved it. She just basically said she'd back off on the lawsuit while the ballot was in 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 order to wait for the ballot and to see what happened with the ballot. Basically. Well, let me. I, it actually said that she did approve it, as I was seeing it. Because that would be the Secretary of State that actually would have the final approval, not the Attorney General. Right. It had her name on it. It was the Attorney General, though, whatever she did. And I just had it pulled up, too. Um, okay. Well, maybe we'll run across it. I'm not sure. But, yeah. Honestly, Regar- regardless. Honestly, regardless. With, the way this, with the way this state works <laughs> and the way our government works in this state, it's not wouldn't be surprising if she did. Like give it approval, quote unquote, and then and then go back and say she's going to follow through. But she announced, you know, it immediately wasn't, immediately after look, the after the high court ruled, she said she was going to follow through with the lawsuit. So right, but it wasn't like you know when I guess I should have made that pretty clear. Like when the attorney general approves something, she could. I mean, it could be like a hate crime that she's approving. She's just following if if it's in the constitution or whatever she needs to follow. Mm-hmm. So it's like she she has to almost accept their their ballot request. You almost yes. you almost have yeah. to. If you By don't, you're not, you're not allowing people to have the freedom to vote. Exactly. So I mean, yeah. they have to come up with uh, eighty thousand signatures by a certain date, and it was like sixty days, and they came up with a hundred thirty thousand um, to have the ballot in five days. Yeah. So. That's just so you guys know. In Massachusetts, it's uh, you need you need eighty thousand to get onto a ballot. S- people signing a petition to get on there. You get sixty days from the day they give it to you to get those signatures. The gig apps got one hundred thirty thousand in five days, so almost doubled what you need in five days. Still leaving twenty five. Uh, 25 days left. I mean, they could have got, you know, tons, which just, I guess I point that out because it goes to show, I mean, think about it. Like if they can get that many signatures, think about all the people that don't even know about it, who aren't 
in the process, who don't care, who are just out working, doing gig work. And, you know, and then just kind of hear about this stuff after the fact, like with AB5. So, okay, so she, so they do that. And during that five months, the same players as who put into Prop 22, Instacart, DoorDash, Lyft, Uber. And and I'm not sure if Grubhub put in any money or not. I'm trying to think. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, I don't remember seeing them on any of my info, but. (laughs) But $17.5 million has now gone to <clears throat> to the ballot measure that they approved for the gig workers in Massachusetts to vote on in November. They put $17.5 million into that already to get the word out, to let people know that that's ballot initiative. Now, now they're going to say, you know what, we're not going to have that on the ballot. That's how well, I take their, this. And I, that's not their decision, though. That's the court's decision. I mean, right? But the, I mean, it was the other side. So what happened was like the other side. I forget the name of the other side that was doing. They the ones that sued, like the Massachusetts independent contractor, like right to be in whatever whatever the the group is that the companies back. So the other side that didn't have enough votes for their ballot question because they wanted to put on a counter ballot question to it, they decided to sue. Because they didn't have enough support for their side. It was like 70% it was going to pass. And we basically have our own version of Prop 22 here. So the other side instead decided to take them to court and sue them. And that's how we got to this point. That's how we got to this spot now. And basically the court said they threw out both sides. They basically said that neither of those questions is going to be on the ballot. Right. So that's, I mean, I feel like all these states are doing the same thing. They found out that there's... AB5 style language in every state's constitution and they're now going to that and finding it and digging it out same like Washington state did and then they just went for Seattle instead which pretty much is the population of Washington is in Seattle so um <coughs> but i mean they did the same thing there they found it they dug it out you know um uh Pennsylvania just did the same thing two days ago that you guys are doing. They're trying to... And so it's like Prop 22 up in Seattle tried to get ahead of AB5. Whereas like when AB5 went into law in January of 2020, it was Prop 20... They demanded Prop 22 be on the November 2020 ballot so that they would get exempt. So if you remember, it was like February of 2020. The law's already Mm -hmm. in place. And yep. they're like, "Hey, give us our money," and they're they're like, "We're not giving you money. <laughs> we're getting we're doing a vote on this first. And they actually came down to threatening leaving the state. Yeah, and <clears throat> they gave them a stay of execution, I guess you would call it, till the till the vote allowed it to go on, and it won by three million votes in California. Now you're a bigger union state for sure. Yes, <clears throat> than California, but so in California eight. Prop 22 passed by 3 million votes. That's a lot, even for that state. Um, but if that state can't tackle it, how is anybody going to beat these type propositions? So I feel like these states are now going after it in the angle they just did with your state. Like, because the, the companies are coming in when they find out that these places are, you know, certain states are hotspots for this right now. And, yeah. and they're coming in and they're saying, okay, start throwing money at our Prop 22 for this state. And I feel like what just happened in your state was an example of, no, there's not going to be any of that here. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to try and get through the bureaucracy of it all, too. So, I mean, it, it really all, in the end, either way sucks. Because Prop 22 is unsustainable. And the rest of the workers in this country are subsidizing California right now. And how many states could it take before that? The companies have every one of the companies. And people can say, well, they could be lying about this. I don't think they are in the position they're in right now. Every single one of the giants in the gig economy has said that they can't sustain, nor will they even try, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, um, an employment model. But there's no way, Just they're not going to do it, but there's no way that even if they wanted to, it's possible. Couldn't do it, they couldn't afford it, they'd be out of business. Yeah, And with that would be a gone flexibility immediately. So I know a lot of people... You know, they don't want to they don't want to hear this stuff. They don't want to talk about this stuff, you know, but this is I mean, I don't know what you are wanting to hear if you don't want to know about this, because this is if it's not if you don't live in Massachusetts, if you don't live in Seattle, if you don't live in California, don't think that this is I've said it before. Don't think this is not coming for you. It's coming for you. (laughs) I mean, there might be some states, you know, that clearly are are not going to participate in this crap. Yeah. Um, you know, some of, I'm sure that they'll align with the right to work states. But here's my my problem with all this is that if too many states do this type thing, first of all, it becomes even more unsustainable for these apps that we all like the flexibility to be able to turn on, turn off, work when we want. So are there times you don't earn as much or whatever? Sure. But do we all get do we all say the most important part is that i can turn it on turn it off whenever and earn some money and the more you do it the more you learn how to this app i can't earn nothing this app i can earn on these days you like you and i we know we know right now if we had to turn on an app right now i bet you know which if if i said out of your arsenal you can only use one yeah you know you would know which one on a on a which one and where to go one day that is yeah yeah which one and what area to go to yeah yeah and i mean it might you might think gosh, this is not a good time to be working. Or maybe it is, but like even if it wasn't, you'd still know which app to go to. Yep. That's how these work. If you start picking away at that, I don't know what you have left because the companies can't survive, nor would anybody want to be part of this. I mean, this isn't even a small percentage. So we say that 85%... It, it used to be, I need, I need to see if there's an update on this because it used to be 20 hours or less. 85% of gig workers work 20 hours or less, but I've yeah. seen it written up as like 12 or 13 hours. Work less than 12 hours a week, 85%. Yeah. So let's call it 20 or or let's let's call it, you know, let's call it people of 20 hours or less just to be nice, but I'm not sure that that is the case right now. Um, But if you work if you're doing 20 hours or less i've said this before you cannot you cannot be making a full-time living there's no way that you can be working part-time as a gig and i will challenge this to every city in this country <laughs> if you work 20 hours or less a week on gig apps and i work curry the highest paying one yeah. i couldn't live i couldn't live on just curry and no, it pays impossible. better than all of them yeah so and <laughs> if been, i can't and, do and that I've been getting curries every day, and and it's still not. It still wouldn't be enough. You have to you have to have other things to subsidize that. Yeah, and so I mean, so basically, if you're doing if you're one of the people doing less than twenty hours, you have another job. 
Meaning most likely you're not even aware of this kind of stuff. Just like California, people weren't aware. It happened and then that was that. Yep. And people were like, literally, I've said this a million times, people were literally in the new year were like, what's AB5? I'd been following it for months. But a lot of people just weren't even checked in with it. They're like, what is this? And, and it's like the law that's going to wreck your life. Exactly. Are you an independent no contractor? Paying, not anymore. No one's, yep, no one's paying attention to it. Yeah, it's not good for the it's not good for the people that use the service as a customer either because they're going to wake up overnight and find out that uh, two things either like their prices are like quadrupled or there's no service for them to use, and it's going to happen like literally overnight. Yeah. So what? I mean, uh, so you guys can't have a Prop Twenty Two, and the, to be honest, I've said I'm kind of glad about that because. These Prop 22s are just, like I said, it's not a joke that if anybody in the chat right now doesn't know this, it's not a joke that we are subsidizing California. We, The Prop 22 payment of 120% of minimum wage for active time, just dashing, just food delivery alone, at most you can make, what, $6 base pay? So you got to subsidize every San Francisco worker with $18 an hour. Mm-hmm. I mean that's these are not susti- these are not answers either. So like yeah. in a way, yeah, it's it's a temporary band-aid for whatever they're trying to slowly get to. But you don't really need a prop 22 either. We need we all need a solution. Yeah. And the the bottom line is is that so without there being the chance of having a prop 22 out of the gate anyway. I know they can appeal it the next year, but um that's once a year has gone by it's going to change the game. So I started imagining the other day that is this going to like walk out of the gate with like, um, I mean, unions attached already, an employee model, no flex, because <laughs> you don't have the Prop 22. So why yeah. would these come or, or are they going to pull what they did in California? They're going to buy. They're going to, they're, they're going to, well, I can tell you what's going to happen because they're going to get, they're going to end up pulling out because it will be too expensive for them to adopt the employee model. So a lot of them will end up pulling out and it's not going to be threats because right. Like our state isn't the type of state to budge on that stuff. Like, you know, if there's a left, if there's enough political backing to do what they want to do, they're going to do it. So the companies are going to be faced with that decision, pull out or do what the state, spend all that money on what the state wants them to do. And they're not going to want to, they're going to, they're not going to want to lose all that money. So they'd probably rather pull out than. Well, so not, not only pull, not only pull out, for that reason, but pull out because, like you said, your state's not going to bend much, and I, I know that about Massachusetts. It's very, you know, and it's a, got a heavy union back. Yeah. So if if Massachusetts is really saying this, they're going to stand behind it. Well, I don't think that Uber's going to Uber, Lyft, all these companies, they're not going to get away with another. Well, we'll leave. Yeah, and, that's why they'll have if, to really if, do it. Right, if they say we'll, we'll really leave and then it gets down to the clock like California and it won't go like California there. They won't approve it at 11.59. They'll say, no, you still got to pay it. And what will happen is it's actually going to be a real thing. Well, okay, are you leaving the state? Because in my mind, they ha- they literally have to because otherwise every state the next day will be filing their lawsuits. Yep. And yep. so they will literally be in a position of, okay, bye, Massachusetts. Yep. Yeah, because if they go along with it, and then it sets a precedent, also sets a precedent for the federal government to do the same thing. 
So yeah. then, you, then you're then you're getting into you know, you know, Congress and stuff getting involved too, and trying to do their own version of it federally. So you've lived there long enough. What? How? I mean, how, how do you really see this playing out? We've seen Uber in other countries and other places. Hey, you got to You got to leave here. Well, okay. Well, we already have the system running, so we're just going to keep working it. So don't worry about it. Like in countries, they'll go to countries, yeah. set up, just start working, and when they're told to leave, they say no. And finally, when they come over, they give them briefcases full of money, and they say, "How about this?" And they're like, "All right, you can stay open." Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they have that much pull in this state. Um, That's what I mean. How, what do yeah, you think is so going to happen? I think. I honestly think they're just going to. They're going to run it into the ground. I think. I think they're going to keep on operating as they are for as long as the state allows it to continue. And then when the state cracks down, they're probably just going to pack up and say, "See you later," because according to the companies, they're losing money every year anyway. I mean, Uber and Lyft exactly. are. Uh, they're saying they're about to collapse on themselves anyway because they keep on losing money. And like their only play left now is to keep on raising the prices on the passengers and cutting all the driver pay. So, I mean, how much how much more of a pay cut are we all going to be willing to take? I'm not taking any more. I I yeah. I'll be honest. I haven't taken a lift in months. I'm not taking any more pay cuts. It's ridiculous. You so. and you and I talked about that five week five weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. And at the We're, time, I was willing. I was willing until they cut until they cut our pay again. So I was like, all right, I'm at the point now where I'm just not going to take any yeah. more pay cuts. You know. Yeah. So. Um. So I want to see what a couple of these people... I saw a couple of people put some... Uh, this is uh, the guy I do the radio show with, Tom. Yeah, I mean... Well, it kind, of su- it kind of sucks for him, but yeah, I mean... I mean, that's. I mean, this is like, you know... It's fortunate for like people that do gig work that are also that are in my position where we have like... I'm at the driving school, right? So I'm, I I work there part time, but I could all if I wanted to, I could go there full time. I'd prefer not to. I'd prefer to have the flexibility, the right. other parts of my week to just do the gig work when I want to. And uh, if I'm at the driving school full time, I don't have that flexibility anymore. So, okay, so, so yeah. Before I look at any more comments, so I want to ask you this: so it are they going to try and instantly adopt an ABC test, or are they going to allow the it's not the Barella, but whatever the one is that they currently use. The um... we have a we have our own model for determining what an independent contractor is, and the attorney general claims that they're not following that model. That's what she's suing them over. Uh, I think it's kind of a gray area, and it could they could be following it if if you read the Massachusetts general laws. But I'm, I'm not a lawyer either, so. But there's there's no right now in the state. You know this for us. This is a big issue, and it's really important to the gig workers. Right now, the state's getting money from like the casinos and a lot of other things that they're getting ready to vote on over the next couple months. Because right now, the big thing for the for the government is uh, voting on sports betting and stuff like that. So actual everyday things for us that's important, like this. The, like the people, our representatives and our senators in the state government, they don't really, really care about this. They're not even thinking about this. So as far as like, what they what they're going to do in the immediate future, nothing basically. They're not going to do anything. That's why I said I think the companies are just going to keep on operating as they are and as they have been for as long as the state lets them until the state finally says, "All right, now you have to follow these rules." And I think that I think what they're waiting for is to see what happens with the lawsuit that the attorney general 
is fi- is filing because if she wins that lawsuit, that gives them the that gives them the precedent to say, okay, you you now have to make these people employees or you have to leave. Right. So yeah, I mean, Marissa, we just uh, if you missed it, we just were talking about this. That no, I mean, I don't think so, and he lives there, and he doesn't think so that uh, that they won't pull what California did. They they're not going to wait till eleven fifty nine. Go, that's fine. Just break the law. It's cool. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Yeah, and and they don't. don't, They will push it off. They're they're not going to settle it immediately. So I mean, but that's still not that's still not good enough. Like we want we want to know. We're like we need to know. This is like a lot of our livelihood. We need to know what's gonna what's gonna happen with this because we need to plan for the long term. You know, like so it's it. They're not gonna. They're not gonna cave, but they're not gonna decide on one way or another immediately either. They're gonna. They're gonna, you know, take their time for the slow wheels of justice as far as like the uh, attorney general's lawsuit goes. Yeah, I think it's gonna be an eye opener too to the people who I've actually explained it this way that people when they when when like your state was like flown out to California to go, let's look at how AB five's doing. Take your little arsenal of of politicians. You get out there and it's almost like observing, you know, like in like a like a zoo or something. Like, see, look Whoa. how good they're paid. Look how you know what I mean. It's like they're just yeah. being overpaid by these, you know. Well, stimulus. I don't know if you remember, but they did, they did the same. Our they are like government officials did the same thing with the marijuana vote. They flew out to Colorado to see how they were doing the mar- the legal mar- marijuana, and that's how that's how they based the state. Just kind of like bases. The only thing that we were like the forerunners on was like gay marriage but as far as everything else like we take our cues from the other like liberal states or whatever and they fly yeah. out and they see what they're doing they say okay we're going to do that so yeah they saw what california was doing like okay we're going to do that you know we're going to try to do that here you know right but the it's funny just, thing is is look at the model it doesn't work i mean how yeah, many I, it's just that, baffling <laughs> to me that nobody on that plane or with that group is like uh i know that everybody's taught to shut up and just kind of go along with things but yep. But to be honest, like, how can somebody be like, um, did anybody see the fact that it didn't work at all and it's losing money, hemorrhaging money by the hour? I think when they do that stuff, though, they don't see the full side of the story either. They only see whatever, you know, whatever the purpose is of the trip. You know, if 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 the whole reason for the trip was like someone wants to regulate, say, Uber and Lyft, and they want to they want to say to the politicians in the state. You guys really need to regulate Uber and Lyft. Look what they're doing over there. We'll show you what they're doing over there. They're not going to show all the bad effects of it. They're only going to show how, like, oh, look at all the positive things it did for the state. They're not going to show all the, you know, the nightmare stuff that happened, even though that could be way more overwhelming. They want their agenda to get forced through, so they're going to show, you know, the polished turd, so so to speak, and not show everything else. Yeah. Um. So why... <clears throat> so why is these laws so upsetting to people? Is it because you won't be able to do what you want when you want? And if so, what did people do prior to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that I mean, that's well, see, but prior to gig work, I was an independent contractor, Roy. So, like for myself, I did it for the laser company. I did it for computers. I did it for many things, and to be able to do all the things I do. I had to be an independent contractor. So when you say like, what, you know, what did people do prior to gig work? They were independent contractors like me. 
Yeah. Or me. I, I, yeah, was, a, or, I was a mobile Dana. DJ. You know, I, yeah. I DJed weddings and stuff like that. You know, the gig work filled the void of, you know, when people started moving away from the type of work I was doing with DJing, the gig work filled that gap, you know, so. Yeah. Or just the gig economy has taken over a lot of things, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess my thing is, what did the, what did I do prior to it? Full-time traditional gig work. And then that came around, which gave me, wow, I can earn some money while I'm in between gigs at home. You know, so if I was like, if I went and did shows for laser production on the road for eight weeks and I came back for four or five weeks, for those four or five weeks, I could work full time. Yep. I mean, tell me a job. Tell me one job. And I wouldn't even want it anybody. Tell me one job that would allow me to, with three month, three week notice, two week notice, say, hey, I'm taking eight, eight, mo- eight weeks off. And then I'll be back and I can work five weeks, but then I might be taking another eight weeks off. I mean, it just, this is, this is what independent contractorship is, is being able to, I don't know, lost him. Is being able to, uh, uh, well, let me keep going through these. Hopefully he'll be back. (laughs) Don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't have. Can sound. you not hear? <laughs> Here, I'm. I'm. I'm going to type something in. Uh, oh, you can't hear me. Okay. You got it? I got it. Okay. Yeah. My stream just cut out and then everything cut out. Okay, but I got audio now. All right. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no worries here. So, um, okay. So, yeah. So, that and then even with all the complaints, I got to just see some of these because some of these were coming in. Well, yeah, you're jumping a you're jumping way ahead. The the big part problem right now is okay. Yes, okay. Sometimes it is. That's when you pivot and either change the hours and days you're working, or change the apps you're working on. Yeah, you got to have a multitude. Yeah, you have to have a multitude of apps you're using, and you know, know which apps are busy at which times, which areas are busy at which times, because you can, if you work it right and you work your apps right, I mean, you should be averaging, like at least in my area, you should be averaging at least 18 to $24 an hour if you're doing it all right. And, uh, you know. And I just put a tag up above his head of Solo, and you guys can check out Solo too, because Brandon, in your area, if you download Solo, and the link I think is in the show notes here. Um, but if you download solo, you can plug in your apps and it will tell you what you can make on certain hours. If you don't, they pay the difference. So kind of a big deal. Like they'll cut you a check at the end of a week for whatever you didn't make. If you work this, if the hour blocks, even if it's not active time, if you go on Instacart and it says you'll make this much in this hour block and you don't make it, they'll pay the difference. So yeah, I had a lot of people say, isn't that Prop 22? 
I'm like, well, it's not government funded. Well, it's let's funded. Be fair. Let's be fair. It's, if it's Instacart, they're not going to pay you that much. So no, but what it's, <laughs> what Solo's what Solo's doing is they're trying to get it to the point where they are never off. You know what I yeah. mean? Where they're yeah. not like saying, "Okay, you're going to earn this much and it's way low," or "You're going to make this much and way high and paying the difference." Yeah. But what they're trading for this is to anonymously use user data. Now, this is not data sales, guys. This is where it becomes data sharing. Anonymously just means taking the uh, GPS of your car that day that you're working and seeing like the routes you took, how long it took, what what was going on. And just for all of their analytics, it's not based towards a person. But for that, they'll guarantee the... That way you'll be able to see what the guarantee is. You might say, I can make more than that on that at that time. But if you're like, I can't make that much on it, and you do it, they'll pay you. So I would say check out Solo for sure. Um, But yes, they... I mean, if you... A lot of apps are going to often not be able to pay you. I mean, that... Maybe it's 12. Instacart can be 7 with no tip. Instacart's junk. I mean, for the most part, I think it is, but... uh, you know, I mean, like, so if you're going to do, I mean, it, there's Instacart shoppers who tell me, oh, I didn't have a tip, but, you know, I got one order. Well, you only get really one in an hour or so if it's a real decent shop and deliver. And well, if you only got paid base pay seven and no tip, you just made seven, which is way less than the 15 you're talking about. But that's why you got to juggle them. I think that the, you know, like when Dana and I started in 2014, yes, there wasn't even food delivery. There wasn't curry. There wasn't ship. None of this stuff. It was Uber, it was Uber or Lyft. And they, Lyft and Uber had guaranteed hourly rage at that time because they were just trying to get drivers on the road. Right. So, yes, at that time, you could sign up to be a Lyft driver and do that only. You'd be fine. You'd be fine. You wouldn't even have to sign up for Uber to try and figure anything out. No. You could just no, sign up for one or the other. You would make yeah. money. You're good. You'd- but we don't live in that time anymore. Like now, if you're like, well, I used to do Uber and Lyft. I'm going back to it. Well, that's not how it works anymore. Now you got to have an arsenal. You got to have eight to twelve apps, and you got to have at least at least two to three that you're active on. Like I can say, I've gotten a little bit. I hate to say lazy, but in terms of Curry's gotten so good for me, and I have a few reasons for this. Um, that I do make whole days out of curry now. And ship used to be the one that I was primarying the, since about December and using a couple other apps in the background. Now it's like ship's my background app, curry's my foreground app, and I don't really have a third one. I mean, I'm signed into a bunch, but I've gotten off my beat with them kind of completely. You know what I mean? Like I've become too reliant on curry. And we all know that the rug can be pulled out at any time. However, I've learned to read the gig economy some. Curry is in a good position right now for me to keep working that one. It's construction needs. They need it. And I think what's happened, why Dana, I don't know what, I forget what cars, car you drive. A Prius. Okay, so a Prius, perfect example. He's doing Curry. He's got a Prius. But I think the reason that we're getting even more, summers, you always get more in Curry, but even more than that is because people with the bigger trucks cargo vans and such aren't going to go out with these gas prices and do curry runs. And so they're like going, okay, will it fit in this car? Where normally they would do the round robin and go, yeah, Dana wanted that, but we got a truck that'll do it too. Let's take the truck because it looks more professional when they show up. 
I've yet to get. It sounds I've weird. Yet to get a curry that they've had to like jam too much. To, I mean, I've had some big like paint orders and stuff like that in the car, yeah. but the curries I've I've gotten have been fairly small <laughs> and you know long distances from time to time. But um, yeah, some of the some of the trips I've done, I wouldn't want to take a, like a Sprinter van or something like that. The gas would be way too much. And yeah, I mean, especially now, Br- Brandon. Again, like you know. This is see. This is what it, this was your comment first, and then right under it was this. So, I rely on the bonuses and quests. I mean, I dude, I get it. I've been there. I guarantee Dan has been there too. But we probably did it at a time when we got paid a little better for these. But man, that is to keep you from doing what you need to do right yeah. there. The bonuses and quests yeah. are just games. Yes, do they equal money? Yes, but what do they do? They make it so you can't go work the profitable apps. Because you're you you're shooting for this quest, yeah, this and bonus. they'll keep you on, and they'll and they'll delay you making that quest. The algorithm will, I don't care what they say, the algorithm will determine how close you are to that quest and keep you from getting that, like you know, that last delivery you need or that last ride you need, and they'll push it out another hour just to make sure you stay on, so they have that extra car on the road. Right. Where I'm, where what I'm thinking is, you know, like, yeah, don't. I'm not saying don't do it. Use the use the. Um, rideshare apps when they are super profitable to you but use the delivery apps if you're only making 15 an hour and you're just kind of doing it to make your bonus or a quest i would say switch over to shipped or um um or spark or amazon flex or any of the doordash uh uber eats grubhub whatever other things you might do but i mean you, you know i mean all of these can earn you better probably in the times you're earning which that 15 on if you're earning 15 on rideshare i would turn rideshare off because <laughs> at the gas prices and the way they are that's not it first of all to have to put it into hourly like that and you're under 20 mine is about 30 when i'm doing rideshare which is probably why you don't see me doing rideshare yeah because Almost that's not really do doable thing anymore, you know. It unless... was during the pandemic when all the drivers were off the road, but it's not really anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even since I hate to say this, even since 2014, it always have been, always has been. I I think you and I talked about this before. Like, yes, in 2016, did it become harder? Yes, in 2017, did it become harder? This is all pre-pandemic. But w- what did I do? Okay, I took a Tuesday where I used to jam and tried to work it later. It still didn't work. So maybe I had to make it so that I added two hours to my Thursday and two hours to my Saturday. Like you're, I was always having to pivot Mm. even as they started decreasing the pay, but it was still doable to pull the, whatever I needed. You just had to be willing. I don't know if every gig worker is willing to do what's needed. I guess is what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to pivot. You got to change your schedule. You got to, and I mean, if you're like, well, I can't, well, that's why we have a flex time job is because you're supposed to be able to. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, you know, if, if, if you're getting down near 15 an hour and this is full time for you and I'm just being honest and you're not on other apps or won't work other apps for whatever reason, I would honestly say maybe, and it's just, a, I'm not telling you what to do, but maybe maybe look into a part-time job that you're interested in and do this part-time, at least for a while. Because if the rug gets yanked out from under rideshare, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, you don't, that's why I would say, even if you don't want to do them, onboard, 
We used to say, wait, onboard to one app at a time. Keep it cool. I, I don't say that anymore. Onboard yeah. to everything right now before they yep. say they don't take onboards anymore. Yep. So, yeah, um, especially because a lot of the apps, they, they pause it for so long too and you get waitlisted. And, you know, in Massachusetts, if you get waitlisted, you're going to, you know, by the time you will finally come up on the list, there'll be no more gig work here. So, yeah. Uh, hey, Mary, how are you? It's the, they're not far from you. That's uh, Lou and Mary. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're the uh, Long Island Dash experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> so, somebody from your neck of the woods, Mary. This is a... He's from Boston, so... Northeast. Northeast. Um, Still going through these. Okay, so... <laughs> I always have to read Roy's, and I didn't even read it first, but I just... I saw Crybaby, and I... Well, I actually think these states would be doing it because I think the it did in a in a in a hate to say this man, but with the exception of a few states, really what the plan is is like you know how they say autonomous in two years or three years when it's really like forty. Yeah. I'm saying like proact in two years if we don't start being careful. Yeah. Where it the entire country is unionized. It's all about the, it's all about the money, and they they want their cut of it. And if they feel like as it stands, they're not getting they're they're not getting what they think they should be getting. The government isn't getting what it thinks should be, it should be getting out of the companies and out of the gig workers. They think they well, should be and, making more and out of, of traditional freelancers. And for this, I I I have to debate. I've talked to a lot of them, even in the financial department, where they say, "I'm like, you know, maybe they just think that we're not all paying our taxes correctly." Like all the people who got caught in the AB five net writers. Opera house interpreters. Okay, so they all said, "No way! I pay more taxes than anybody with a W two. I have an accountant. I do it correctly. As an independent contractor, self employed person, I pay way more than the average person." So the country wants to get rid of this, make us all unionized, have specific dues. When really this is the land of freedom, these people choose to do this and pay more taxes. Mm -hmm. Understanding that being an independent contractor comes with, yeah, you know, you get the flexibility, you get to do what you want, but hey, we got to have some downsides for you guys. You need taxed harder. This is going to happen. You know, you don't have health care. It's not like, you know, the, all these things they use, like, well, you guys don't have health care right now. Okay, well, we know. No independent contractor, self-employed person has had has had it since uh, ever. <laughs> you know, it's like well, and in Massachusetts, that, that's <laughs> and, and it's a bad that's a bad argument for Massachusetts because most Massachusetts re residents do have health care either through their jobs or through the state's uh, Commonwealth Connector, which is like a f super affordable insurance, not the greatest insurance in the world, but it's like very affordable even for gig workers, and it's like that's how the state got basically most most of us covered. I mean our state's health our state's health plan was like the model for like Obamacare when Obama was president and and it's like really popular in this state. So when I hear arguments from people like in this so state So fairly argument, socialist like, even. Yeah. Fairly, but when I hear the argument like, "Oh, you go, you, you know, as a gig worker you don't get health care." It's like, "Well, in Massachusetts it doesn't matter because we all have it. You know, most of us have it." Right. You guys are like Canada. <laughs> <laughs> or a utopia. Well, kind of. 
<laughs> we're a utopia unless you want to work for yourself and then and then it's a, then that's a that's a different story right well that's i guess that's what i'm saying so i mean like yeah okay well whatever in your state yeah maybe it's not the perfect example but i think you get what i mean in all the other states people still have it self-employed independent contractors they still have yeah. health insurance but they choose yeah. to get it yeah but they also yeah. chose to be an independent contractor knowing i won't have health care you know, it's not like they went into the doctor one day and they said, show me your 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 uh, medical card. And they went to reach for their wall. And they're like, I don't even think I have one. Like, it, people aren't that much of an idiot. Well, some people are, but, um, you know, it's like not everybody's that big of an idiot. I mean, come on, dude. Um, what's up, Flex? What's up, Dashing Grandpa? Um, yeah, okay, so... Part-time workers don't get health care. Yeah, true enough. In Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, it is an option because, like I said, we have the Commonwealth Connector, which is like super affordable insurance or free for even like the lower income people. So, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Driven Dad? How are you? What's up, Tony? Um, I wasn't ignoring you, but... Uh, so I don't know, man. So let me let me just see some of the other things I saw here. So was this one for I gotta see if this one's for your state, because um yeah, okay. So the independent this is from to, this is from today. Uh okay, so the Fair Labor Standards Act. This is the one on you. This might be the one where I had the Attorney General, no, maybe not. Uh, but anyway, so, okay. Uh, most courts already use uh, the, it's like the Barella. It's something newer than the Barella, though. The economy reality. The traditional economy reality test is what they call it. Um, to determine if you're an independent contractor. Most courts have, most courts already use this test or a version of it. However, the Department of Labor's rule identifies two new core factors to help determine whether the workers are in business for themselves. And the two, these are new. So the two, these two are, what is the nature and degree of the worker's control over the work? 100% mine. I could even pick something up, cancel it. Mm-hmm. I could cancel a ride. I mean, so, okay, that one seems to be more than covered. Um, this is an ABC test. These are just some new things they're putting in here. And then does the worker have the opportunity to profit or lose based on initiative or investment? It's, it's, a, it's, see, that's a tricky yes, worded question. I would say yeah, I, but would say, I would still say yes. Right, because because yes, because the worker has the opportunity to profit or lose, but the, it's it's weirdly worded because it it almost is implying that hey, does the employee instead of worker, even though I know it doesn't say it, I'm almost reading it that way. Does the employee uh, have the opportunity to profit or loss? You know what I mean? It's it's like they've worded it to say like, I mean, because yeah, I mean. What would be the is there is there is there is there content going to be that well no you didn't have the you couldn't lose because 
it, you saw the amount and that's or is that going to be why they say they can cover up the tip or no, no, no so this is what i'm saying like they like as an employee you don't have the opportunity to profit or loss you get paid your hourly wage and that's what you're getting no matter what right. as the independent contractor as the gig worker you know yeah you see what you're getting up front and you have that option to take that and it, you might be taking it at a loss you know someone that's chasing yeah. a bonus might be taking a ride at a loss you know they have a opportunity to take that job knowing they're going to lose money for that particular job but they're probably going to profit in the long run from the from the bonus or the ride challenge or whatever they're getting from whatever they're doing yeah i just you know it's it's just weird to me that like you know I, okay so here's the here here's the other uh this this is the weird stuff so okay um so it's talking about Uber now. It's saying Uber, for example, won a lawsuit in Pennsylvania several years ago when a federal judge ruled that Uber did not have, um, did not exert enough control over its drivers to be considered their employer. The judge noted the drivers only worked when they want to and were free to nap, run personal errands, and smoke cigarettes in between rides. This is a quote. Um, <clears throat> but then here's the. Okay, so the de- the labor department's rule um, also identify three other factors that employers and courts may use as guideposts. Oh, this is for the Pennsylvania thing where they're doing the same thing. They're shooting down the bill before or the ballot before it can be one. Yeah. So um, may use the guideposts when two core factors do not resolve the question. So here's the factors. How much skill is required for the work? How permanent is the working relationship between the worker and the person paying for the work? And is the work part of an integrated unit of production? <laughs> so they're saying that you that the Department of Labor can you when two of these core factors do not resolve the question if you're an independent contractor or not, like this would be the coin toss, the end, like the last step. Like if you can't, if you can't convince them, then you have to go to this last part, which is this, you have to prove two of these. Um, at least two of them can resolve the, the question of, are you an independent contractor? Mm. And to me, it's just, I mean, again, how much skill is required for the work? What is, what does that have to do? Yeah, I don't know. Are they saying? I mean, are, are they saying uh, if you're too skilled, you can't be an independent contractor? Contractor, or if you're not skilled enough? I mean, right? <laughs> How much skill is required for the work? Okay, so if the answer is well, what if the answer is not much? I mean, you know, you need to know yeah. how to drive a car. I mean, I'm, I I'm not trying to make have it some that customer service skills too. <laughs> I don't know. It's just stuff like this is like. You know, it's like ABC test and beyond. And I've been telling people. So now we got Seattle, we got California, and the California was it? Was this today? Um. So yeah, this is uh the Seattle thing, and um oh the the California Constitution. Uh, today. Oh yeah, today. Um. 
today the California Constitution finally, uh, or California Court uh, Supreme Court finally rejected the um, the repeal AB five, and I mean this for they didn't even talk about gig workers. This was for writers, interpreters, musicians, all the people who didn't get carve outs. We're told today that AB5 will remain in place and screw all of you guys. So pretty hardcore blow. There was another article that for some reason just shot up a paywall. I mean, I don't know why, but it's a good article about how it's different timelines given by different people on how long Prop 22 will last in California before these companies will be faced with a challenge of leaving. And not one of the predictions went over 18 months. The first one started at three. And these were like Mike Bloomberg type people giving these. So not that I see eye to eye with him, but you know what I mean? Like these aren't, these are people who can read the market a bit. And what they're just saying is these, the companies are already over it. They're not, they were struggling before. Now they're not only struggling, they're losing money by the second in California. Yep. So they're just ready to go. You know what? Forget it. You know, Forget that's, it. that's what I'm saying. It's going to happen here too. Cause that's why I said, they're probably just going to collapse on themselves. In and then at that, but just... see that, and then at that, but then at that point, what is the point? Why, you know, out of the 15% of people, if, they, if 85% are part-time, 15% are full-time. We already know that not even 1% of the 15% want this. But that 1% barely or whatever it is made enough noise. So like, you know, in in the real picture, like 0.25%, let's say, wanted AB5 type stuff. But they were the only ones talking about it. So they said, okay, let's make a law. They didn't go out and understand that for every one that wanted it, 100 didn't. Yeah, well, that's because it's the vocal, it's the vocal minority. It's like with so many other issues that happen in in this country, you know, the most vocal are the ones that get their stuff pushed through because the other people are just don't, they don't care enough, or they don't even pay attention enough to know to do to say anything about it, and they're just trying to get through their life and they don't think about stuff outside of like what's going on in their own life at that time, so they ignore all the noise, and meanwhile the very vocal minority gets to push through everything they want because no one's going to give them any pushback. So, and that's how, that's how so many things get passed that, that such a large portion of people disagree with all the time because the most vocal are the ones that get the stuff done. Right. The problem is, is that often the most vocal is not representing the, I mean, almost always is not representing the majority at all. This is true. For whatever reason, a lot of times there's some big money behind that. Those vocal minorities do. So yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I know. For the, I mean, in Massachusetts, Lyft and Uber in particular have gotten more and more regulated every single year. The state passes new regulations on on them every year, as far as how we as drivers have to report, how their companies have to report, and that's all from the opposition. The the politicians that had like cab companies in their pockets and stuff like that they're they're all incentivized to try to reduce the profits from those companies as much as possible so they pass these i don't want to say draconian laws but but pretty harsh laws against the gig companies to to make it harder for for them to operate within the state and it's progressively gotten worse every year and now we're at this juncture right now that's how we've gotten to this point um 
So what I mean, what what happens in Massachusetts if all this plays out the way we're talking about? If either either or, let's even we'll go with the scenario you and I agree with that if push comes to shove, these companies are ready to make a point, make a statement, and leave a state. They are mm-hmm. ready to do that to show the other states, hey, you want your infrastructure wrecked? You want you want your free rides to testing, voting, all this stuff that we do for the state? You want all that pulled? Do this. I feel like the next state, that, or the first state to really push them again, like California, they're going to have to say, no, we're leaving for real. This isn't a joke. Bye. And yeah. so then what happens? I mean, right now, maybe things are a little better by then. But this is goes in effect January 1st of next year. So, I mean, we're, we're six months out from this being a law. So what, what happens if they do this and they, and they say we're leaving? Or they say, no, we're going to try a franchise model. First of all, franchise model is like the worst employee model there is. You guys will, if you're enjoying rideshare now at all, multiply it by negative a thousand and you will be quitting within an hour um or you'll be fired i mean they're not gonna they're gonna tell you you're working tomorrow this hours and we need you to turn on the app here they're gonna tell you to be yeah. somewhere you don't want to be at all yeah um you, you won't you be able to turn down rides you, you lose just about everything that makes doing the gig the gig work appealing right so let's say they go the other way that you and i think though what happens to every i mean People are struggling right now. I'm, I don't even need to ask you if it's the same in Boston. It is. We're all struggling. Well, you know, it's. I mean, and that, so to go back to like what one of the commenters said earlier about like, you know, why I forget how exactly how he phrased it about the about what we did before the gig work, but like a lot of people that do the gig work now, yeah, they worked other jobs too. They they work. They had regular jobs. A lot of people are full time workers that take the gig work as part time to help them get by. Massachusetts, the cost of living is absolutely insane. They just released like a housing thing, a housing survey uh, from about lat- what they did last year. And like the to own a house in the Boston area, like you. Oh my gosh! Help me back. Am I back? Yeah. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard? <laughs> <laughs> um, we were the housing, the cost of yes, housing yes, here. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So to, to own a house in the Boston area, you have to make at least two hundred thousand dollars a year in Boston. I mean, most people that are working a full time job in, in in this area aren't even making close to that. But but there's a if, lot of anyone, apartments and other options too. But even a, even an apartment, right? So even for like a married couple with one kid to rent an apartment, they would have to make on average one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year with the cost of apartments in the in the area for like a two bedroom. A lot of people can't make that. I mean, like the average the average income in this area is like under eighty thousand dollars. So that's that side income from the gig work helps them get to that at least livable condition. You know, so the loss of the gig work for a lot of these families that rely on it, like my myself and my wife, we both do gig work. My wife does uh, DoorDash and is the card on the side too. So, like we rely on that income, you know, on top of like our jobs. So, like losing that, that's no joke. I mean, there's no, it's 
it's scary to think about. Um, I don't, I, 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 there's no simple solution for it. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. The uncertainty of it is, is, does make me nervous. I try not to think about it too much, although I do pay attention to it because I want to know what's going what's to happen. Why do gig workers feel that their industry shouldn't be regulated like every other industry out there? It does, they should be regulated. I'm not saying they shouldn't be. I, 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 I think they should be. I just think that they've taken it, they've done, done it more and more extreme as, as time has gone on to make it harder and harder. Yeah. Every little, every little adjustment that, that, that Massachusetts has done has meant less money for the gig worker. It's, it's made it harder for us to make money doing what, doing the gig work. Um, yeah. And I think, it's a, often I think it's a balance whenever, of, of them trying to point it like, well, look, it's the gig companies to you. And it's like, no, it's the state doing it to you. It's almost like their excuse to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's, and it's a lot of the regulations just cause the companies to, raise prices on the customer and lower the pay for the worker to make up for whatever they're having to dole out to the state for them. And then as far as where the worker has to dole out to the state, because our situation changes, we have to pay more, you know, we have to pay more for tolls now and we have to pay the, the yearly inspection fees that in addition to the regular inspections, we always got in our cars. Now we have these separate, you know, ride share inspections we have to do every year and pay extra money on that. So, like all these things add up. the The rideshare companies aren't paying for that. The worker pays for that. Yeah. So. Um. So I saw this. This is Cody and Autumn up in Alaska. Technically, if we are operating as independent contractors and therefore running a business in some jurisdiction, <laughs> we should likely have business licenses and business liability insurance. I've been through this with a couple people before. I mean, it saved nobody during AB5. You could have an S Corp, an LLC, any of that. It really didn't do anything. And I remember a bunch of years back, people, I remember like, I'm talking like 2016, like people were starting to wonder around the exit of Travis, like, do we need to be an LLC? Or, And it's, I don't think there's ever been any kind of proof to that being a thing that, no, because in most cases, would help an or... contract. Any any business I've run, you know, aside from like the gig work, any of like my entertainment business or whatever, I was just a sole proprietor, and that's how I filed my taxes every year. Was as a sole proprietor. I didn't need a, a business license. Right. I just registered with the government as a sole proprietor every time I did my every time I did. And you do the same thing with the gig work, you know. Uh, yeah. As far as like your insurance and stuff, you're gonna you you should do commercially separately yeah. but uh, you don't need yeah. a business license for that i mean that you're using your car for a business you should have a commercial grade insurance for for yourself but as far as the tax law and stuff you can get away with being a sole proprietor there's nothing illegal about doing that right so here's mary talking about long island so i gotta ask i mean when you say two hundred thousand, i know that her i know long island's out of control too where they are yeah. but <laughs> of anything New York is, <laughs> right, Mary? I mean, anything that touches New York is. But honestly, how much different is that than it was five years ago? Because even here, man, it's you can't live in Denver without kind of being near those numbers. Yeah, it was. Uh, what did the survey say? It's they 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 looked at the trend over the past thirty years, and it's like. Uh, it's almost over the past 30 years. 
So from like 2000, I mean, from 1992 on, 1991 was when it was when the survey like started. And then it did like 10 year increments. So like 10 years ago was like the last benchmark. And 10 years ago, it was like 130,000. So in 10 years, like wow. the average, to, the average income needed went up by $70,000 in 10 years. Um, wow. So. Yeah, those uh and they're and saying and and they 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 listed all these excuses for why Massachusetts is like so ridiculous with it, saying that there's not enough houses, there wasn't enough construction of houses, which is kind of ridiculous because anytime I ever drive around, especially in the city, like there's always new construction of like apartments and stuff like that. But um and then they're saying that for whatever reason during the pandemic that the demand went super high and people were super willing to pay like way over asking price on houses and condos and it just put us to where we are now, I guess. But it's making this huge, huge bubble. As far as the, it's, a, it's another huge bubble situation, housing bubble that's that's happening because I don't know where these people are getting this money to pay for all to pay like you know six hundred thousand dollars on a four hundred thousand dollar house. I mean, where's that extra two hundred thousand dollars coming from? And right. how are they going to pay that mortgage if they're only making, you know? $100,000 a year. I, there's not that many people that are making $200,000 a year. That's just not, you know, I, it's, not, it's not that common. I was, somebody was doing kind of, here, I'll, I'll give an example. Like the neighborhood I live in, like the house I live in, because Mary just put up a house that she said, uh, there is a house uh, next to us selling for five eighty nine, And we are middle class. Okay, well, I'm middle class too. Um, and I'm in an area like that. I don't know what the square footage is, Mary. But like our house is a 850 foot, um, three bedroom technically, but the third bedroom is really. And I have a I have a hard time calling it a bedroom. <laughs> it's not that big, <laughs> um, but in a small backyard, we're fairly we're about you know six miles from downtown. I mean, we are downtown, but from the capital kind of thing, and, uh, um, like. 10 years ago or like at the other benchmark you were talking about, you could have picked this house up for 300,000. Now you can sell this house for 500 plus 10 years later. So yeah. I see people doing this like, dude, we're getting this $700,000 house. And I'm like, Oh, sweet. Dude, how are you doing that? And they're like, cause that's what our house is worth now. So it's like really what they're doing is just trading this exuberated value of these houses yeah, <laughs> to I go mean, live in another, just, I think things are wrongly priced. I actually happen to, and people can say I'm wrong. I actually happen to not just for California, but I happen to think there's a, another housing market crash coming. That's going to yeah. make the well, that's other what I was saying. Like, there's, a, there's a huge bubble. Cause I don't know where these people are coming up with this money to pay for it. Cause I just don't see how, I don't know how people can afford this. I don't know how people can afford to pay, you know, five thousand dollars a month uh mortgages when they're not even making that a month on their uh, on their income so it's, it's it baffles me how people think they're going to pay for this in the long term so what's going to happen is a lot of these mortgages are going to get defaulted again you're going to see a lot more foreclosures and you're going to see another burst happen again i think I, that's because the, the prices are just out of control but it makes it makes everything else go up it makes all the rents go up because now the landlords are charging more rent to make up for the mortgage they have to they have to pay. Um, I have to say this because Omer, I'm not, 
I'm just not 100% sure you're correct on this, but I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, but I don't, and I'm only relating it to the bankruptcy portion. If you have an LLC, I don't think you're very protected in a bankruptcy because they'll come after everything. Yeah. <laughs> if you're declaring bankruptcy, dude, they, they want to make sure you have nothing, right? <laughs> like, they're not going to, like, this is mine before what I did over there. They, <laughs> uh, so, like, I guess my, my point there, and I want to go back up just a little bit about people were asking about the LLCs, you know, like LLC shields the business. Isn't it just for tax purposes? Well, it to me, an LLC is worth it. Like, if you are, um, I mean, to me, it's more worth it for the articles of incorporation, if you know what that is, you guys, like where you actually disclose what your business is. It's kind of defined. And then you make sure you're in the, it almost, it, it helps you with the city to make sure you're not screwing around with your taxes either, because they will put, and it's not much to ever do it, but you have to have a good reason to do it. I mean, if you're doing gig work, I don't think you need to go out and look into LLCs. Again, I'm not, I shouldn't be giving this kind of advice, but yeah. I am. <laughs> I'm at least giving you my opinion. I wouldn't do it if I was just doing gig work. I wouldn't waste the time. I mean, um, if you're thinking about if, it, if it's for tax purposes, I mean, and you were worried about what the IRS would do. I mean, I can tell you that I was audited after like the 2016 year when most of my income was from gig work that year. And uh, they, they ended up sending me a check because I paid, I way overpaid. <laughs> so, I mean, it didn't have any bearing on like me getting in trouble or anything for being a sole proprietor, you know filing as an individual sole proprietor. So, right. I mean, and they didn't say you should be a limited, you know, a limited liability corporation. They didn't say that to me. They, they looked at all the paperwork I submitted and, and in the end I got a check. So, yeah. So I actually, speaking of that on your channel, which by the way, guys in the show notes is his channel. You can find it. Make sure you check it out. He's been around for a while. He's got some, some content up there. You do some debt. You do some, I don't want to say tax advice, but you have some in-depth uh, how, knowledge of the tax system. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because yeah. I mean, I know you're not certified. I know you're not a CPA. Yeah. I know you're not. Yeah, I'm not like no. That's that's from like so when I got out of when I got out of college, I was uh, working at a radio station, and a lot of my knowledge of like how the IRS works comes from an article, well, a story I did, a radio story I did on the IRS and the audit process and stuff. So that's how I learned a lot about how their their system works. Not just how they process taxes, but how the actual system itself works. So yeah. I'll, I put a lot of videos up on my YouTube, you know, talking to people about how they can find out certain things that maybe even IRS representatives might not be able to tell tell a person because they wouldn't know that side of what's going on. And from the people I've talked to in the past and interviewed, I learned a lot about different things that that the IRS and processes processes that they go through. So. I mean, do you know, my initial response to this is that no, this for, for like you, Lisa, I know you, I don't think that there would be any benefit at all to being in an LLC that's going to give you some tax. She lives in, a, she lives in Syracuse, New York. She does gig work. I don't see any advantage to to that no, at all. I don't think so. No. But, um, you know, I mean, if you started, if you started to do rideshare on your own, if you got your licensing all right. And you started to do that. Then you want to look into, you know, I think maybe what you're thinking of is like an S-Corp, Lisa. Like an S-Corp does have some shielding and stuff. If you you were to like legitimately start up your own transportation business and say, you know, 
you know, right? You know, start, start your own company itself, uh, separate from from those, and, and then maybe you would want to get your own your LLC, but wait, the LLC does not allow. Why not? <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm a little confused where, on I, that. I think I'm, that's where the limited liability comes into effect. But like as an individual gig worker, right? You're driving people. So so any liability you would have would be in your like say you're an Uber or Lyft driver. Any liability you would have would be from like a car accident. Something that would happen in the car. If you have if you're properly insured and you have that proper insurance through your insurance company, that would cover you. You wouldn't need to be an LLC for that. Right. That would be really the only time you're going to be getting sued. It would be through, through, through some sort of accident that happened with a passenger or whatever. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I can't think of another, another area where someone would sue you in, in the, in the line of gig work other than well, some sort of accident that happened on the job. Well, maybe if you were doing even delivery and they could claim that you were trying to get to the delivery spot, as quick as you could, and you ran a light or something and plowed. But somebody. once again, that would fall under that. If you had, if yeah, you were yeah, properly yeah. insured, that would yeah. fall under the insurance. That would, you wouldn't need an LLC for that. Your insurance should be taking care of that. Right, like a like a buckle though too. Like if you you can do it through any insurance, but like buckle how they got you during. You got to make sure you're covered during all the phases, zero yeah. to th- yeah. zero to three, but then all of your personal time too that you're just covered. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to make sure of. As long as like your insurance company and they're like a reputable one says that you are and that's what the policy you have, you're good. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if I, I, I'm trying to think of one. And I just can't off the top of my head, but I think there'd be such situations where an LLC might not protect you fully like that. But yeah, again, this isn't, I'm not trying to give a, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So here you go. If it, so like me, I'm doing dumpling right now. Um, yes, I am going to start a business because I don't know what else I might take on other than, I mean, all you guys already know this. I'm already adding things and working with the CEO and founder of Dumpling, Joel, and having him allow some services that they don't really have on the platform. But since Dumpling doesn't give you customers, since you just pay a processing fee, and you have to find all your own customers. This is true independent contractorship. Yes, from the get-go, no. Will I have an LLC? No. But could I? Very well, yes. Depends on what happens with it. So, um, but yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's it, guys. There's, you know, Massachusetts is on the chopping block. And, it, and, it, and now it looks like it's happening. Um in January and I guess we're just going to see how it plays out again. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much right there with Dana. I think that everything he said is right. I think that what's going to happen is neither of these sides are going to back down. That's one thing that concerns me. The state of Massachusetts is going to follow through on this because if they weren't, they wouldn't have treated that ballot the way they did. That was a statement on how they're going to stand here. I think. And Absolutely. I mean, maybe maybe like Grubhub stays around because the other ones leave and they're like, well, whoa, we can make some money here now. <laughs> Nobody's left. But I mean, like for the most part, the giants, the big gig companies, 
My guess is they all walk on the same day. If it comes down to it, they will leave the state and they have to make that very predominant or else every state will fall immediately behind it. Mm-hmm. So it's this fight is going to have to happen. Um, so I don't know. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like I, I don't want to say it this way. I don't want to curse you, but <laughs> I feel like some bad stuff's coming in January, but I feel like also you won't see it till like April because they're going to keep operating. They're going to get yep. letters saying, Hey, stop. They're going to be like, no, yep. we, haven't you seen our track record? We don't stop. Yep. We just keep going. That's what I said. They're going to run. They're just going to keep on running <laughs> into the ground as long as they're allowed to until they're actually forced to, they'll, they'll keep on going. But, but yeah, it's imminent. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to crash at some point. Um, yeah. But then, just, but then here's the other question. Are they though? Because they're, they're kind of like, okay, Seattle. Okay. California. We'll pay this prop 22 that would see to me, this is a weird thing too. This, I guess this is like kind of a closing point here is that it is weird to me that prop 22 is what the gig companies thought of because it seemed, I mean, it's just, Hey, let's lose 10 times the amount of money we're losing. Yeah. Write it up. Okay. I mean, the solution of prop 22 and saying that the gig companies won, I don't see how that's a win. Obviously, it must be in some respect, but barely. And I, I don't. Was, I mean, I think it was the way. I think it was the way forward that they saw that they could operate while losing the least amount of money and stay in business. Yeah, um, right. I, that's the only thing I can think of. That's the only reason I can think of why they would consider that a win. Right, but if right, and we're talking about California, a heavily populated state. I mean, has a GDP of small countries. And so, you know, it's, I mean, this is, this is the test one. 3 million people said, no, dude, we don't want that junk. Even if they weren't independent, they decided, no, Prop 22 needs to stay. And, uh, or yeah, we need it. And then when it came, I'm like, I'm looking at it every, every time I look at it, I'm like, dude, what are you guys gaining by this? Like, it, it might be time to just pack it up. I mean, maybe that's the show point that they need to show Massachusetts. Okay. Isn't it working here? So we're just going to leave. So when you do it, we're just we'll just stop operations that day. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I don't know what else can happen now because this is now a law and they've said that they're not going to allow the counter action to protect gig workers for flexible work to even be on the ballot. So now at least for a year when January hits, according to the state of Massachusetts, you can't have a flexible gig job anymore. Yeah. So, um, to me, that's this is this is the uh, beginning of bad things, and and it needs to be stopped. You know, it does. And it will, and it governments will be, it will be a domino effect. It's going to be a domino effect of other states to follow. So yeah, and you guys are a big, you know, you're a union state, but you're a big voting state too. Like your people mm-hmm. care to vote, and I'm surprised that they're not more up in arms about. Hey, why are you taking that ballot away that that you've been it's spending not, seventeen like million said, dollars it, on? Like I said, with with what's going on in the state right now, like the gig work is not on the forefront of people's minds. Like the big hot button issue right now for a lot of people is like the gambling in the state, betting on sports, because we're like the only state in New England right now where you can't bet on sports, and like so they're trying to catch up with that. There's you know they're concerned about 
what just happened with the Supreme Court with abortion. So now they're focused on shoring up, you know, women's rights in the state. Gig work is like the last thing on the common citizen's mind right now in this state. So the, like the, the whole, like when that happened two weeks ago and, and they just threw out the ballot question and nobody even noticed. There was like two new, two news, news articles on it in like the local paper and nothing like on the, like the TV news. Like no one even noticed, no one bad an eye at it because no one cares enough about it. Yeah. Um, Other than the gig workers that pay attention, you know, the gig workers that pay yeah. attention, unfortunately, there's not that many of us, you know, I, right. I, I think a lot of the gig workers in my state, they, they have no clue. I talk to a lot of gig workers and they have no clue about what's going on. It's, I mean, they didn't even especially, know especially the part timers, I would almost say a hundred percent of them. Yeah. Part timers. I, mean, I, I, I talk to people if I'm at, if I'm doing like a DoorDash or a Grubhub, I'll always talk to the other, the other drivers there and see what, what they think about things. And, Almost all the time, they don't even know what's going on. They have no idea about it, and they, like most of them didn't even know there was a ballot question, or there was supposed to be a ballot question this year. Right. So that's, they'll know. They'll know when January comes. That's how it happened in yeah. California. Yeah. And then and some then of them it's will, too late. It's yeah, too late I mean, at that point, you know. And and this is why, like, it's important. You know, I know everyone hates politics and stuff like that, but some it's at some point you have to pay attention to this stuff and make your voice heard. Otherwise that very vocal minority is going to get what they want and you're going to get screwed in the process. And that's, yeah, I, you know, I always, I always say on this podcast that I look, I don't like to get political here, but I've found myself having to say things like, look, I'm not going to get political here. Meaning I'm not going to tell you I'm an independent voter. I'm not going to tell you anything about my voting or whatnot, but there's just some things right now that need to be talked about that. If people say that's political, watch it. I'm not talking about it in that way. Like if that makes any sense, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get a a political conversation going ever. If I'm ever bringing up points, but like Dana just said, there's some things that you guys need to know about. And it sounds political because it is political, (laughs) Yeah, but it's not like it's saying like, Hey, I'm to the right. I'm to the left. I'm in the center. It's none of that. This isn't the, this isn't even a left or right thing. This is like, uh, like, this is like, like, yeah, this affects, your this affects your ability to earn a living basically uh as we just talked about earlier i mean the, you know a lot of people need this extra income just to get by so like this this affects your livelihood and so it's it is it's going to sound political but like it's because like it takes going through government to get stuff done on it so yeah. by nature it's going to be political yeah um wait I think that's beyond gig work. That doesn't make any sense what they're talking about. Um, we oh, are talking about the, uh, the, the, the being sued thing that we were talking about. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah. Cause if not, Lisa, we're absolutely, t- if, if it is that, yes. But if it's not, um, that's absolutely the case though. It's not beyond gig workers. It's about the gig workers. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, Hey guys, ch- uh, check out uh, Dana's channel. He's if you couldn't tell from tonight, he, he knows his game. He's been doing this for as long as I have, and I know all of us are looking for voices out there sometimes. And he's he's had a YouTube channel for a while, um, you know. I, and I know it's got some mixed content, but it's uh, yeah, it's a variety. Check it out. There's a lot. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot of different stuff on there, but some yeah. informative stuff, some goofy stuff, some you know, a little yeah. bit of everything. Some gig work stuff I put on there too. Yeah. And as much as I, oh 
I mean, people, some people I think think I love to talk about this stuff. I got so sick of it during AB5, but now I feel like I know too much to to like let off the gas because I feel like I'm one of the voices who puts things out there that we need to talk about. But like, I am glad you were here for tonight's conversation because this is one yeah. that a lot of people would be like, dude, I don't know yeah. how to jump in on that. Yeah. And so it was good. It was good that you were here because, it, yeah. you know, you understand all this and you're looking at it now, firsthand perspective from your state. And I mean, if you can't tell from his tone of voice, this is the tone of voice you're going to have if it comes to your state and happens. Because I'm sure him and his wife will do fine. I'm sure they'll do fine. But why should they have to change everything when what when they're paying their taxes and everything's working? Yeah. So yeah. I guess that's where I would leave it. And uh, yeah, I want to... Thank you for coming on. Are are you, what do you got going on? Are you putting on some content? Are you? Uh... Uh, I mean, I've been having on a little hiatus lately, but I'm working on some new stuff to put on the channel. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah. So check out his channel. It's in the show notes. Um, you know, maybe we'll get him back on the roundtable one week or something. We got a good roundtable on Thursday nights. So all right, sounds uh, good. Yeah, but thank you, Dana, for joining us. Thank you, Chat, for joining us. And thanks uh, for having me. I will see you back here on Thursday for the roundtable. All right, guys. See everybody. Be safe out there. Have a good one. Well, guys, that is uh, whew, that is quite the conversation when you get into it, isn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, but it's not a funny one, and it's one we need to pay attention to. So uh, thank you very much, you guys, for joining us. Next week is the 4th of July. Actually, on the 4th of July was would be when I would be recording. So I am probably going to record a piece over the weekend that I will play on the 4th of July. So, um, or that will drop on the 5th of July, the morning. So, um, but I don't think we'll do, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't, if you watched this live, if not, if you're listening to this audio podcast, but if you watch this live, um, we won't be doing that next week because, uh, yeah, I would be recording it on the fourth, but regardless, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us for sure. I want to give, um, mad shout outs and props to our sponsors, Middleton Technologies, Solo and Moves. Again, guys, they're all in the show notes and please, Use the affiliate links. Uh, my affiliation with the companies is more on uh, doing bigger and better things than just affiliate links. So my end doesn't really pay on these affiliate links. <laughs> um, some people only do the affiliate links. Um, but it's more just to track who's coming from uh, Rodeo and who learned about these companies or or use the link from here to get signed up for it. So these are good companies. If you have any questions about them, please email me, steve at rideshararodeo.com, and I will email you back the answer on your question about any of these companies. But if I don't know, immediately, if I know the answer, if I don't know the answer, it might take me a day or two, but I will get the answer from these companies. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things, one of the perks of having me in this role because every company like these, Move Solo, Middleton Tech, need a me in there. Somebody who works the apps, communicates with the people, and can get the real questions out and the real concerns and things of that nature. 
Because a lot of times those just go unaddressed and uh, sometimes it stunts the growth of of these apps. And a lot of these apps, like Solo and stuff, they work on the more people, the more accurate they'll be. Which again, it won't hurt you because no harm, no foul. You're going to get paid if you don't make it to the to the amounts they quote. But eventually what they want to do is, I mean, in a perfect world, they want to be exactly right. They want to be saying it's this much an hour on these platforms and there's no difference. They're exactly right. So that said, um, that's it, guys. That's a week. And uh, I hope everybody out there is going to do something fun for the fourth. I know gas prices have us down. I know everything's kind of got a bummer slogan behind it, but, uh, you know, even if it's local, try and do something fun on the 4th. Try and take a day off. You know, everybody, I know I talk to all you guys, and I know how hard all you work. And, you know, we're all working our, our butts off, but we need to we need to take a down day. So take one over the 4th of July holiday. If you can't be on the 4th, if you got to work the 4th, if you got to do something, take one the other days off. It's a long weekend. Take a day off. Everybody needs one. Um Let's not be let's not become some of the lost population who is just out there. We are the first responders to deal with these people and get them their food and get them where they're going safely and be able to overlook things they might say. We are the frontline workers for uh listening to people rant and get them their food and get them where they're going and make sure they make their flights. And even if they get angry, do it with a smile. And make sure that you put out that, you better tip me vibe. (laughs) All right, guys, that's it. Go out there, spin some good into this crazy world. We'll see you back here next week on Rodeo. Peace.